everyone. This is Tommy, World at War Comics. Thanks for joining us today. We have another amazing show. But before we get into that, if you could hit that subscribe button, that would be amazing. Hit the ring bell too. That way you know when all of our interviews are dropping. Um, today we have, like I said, a great guest. But before we get into that, there's two um, special groups that we like to partner with. Um, first is CN Chili's family-owned business. They make the best hot sauce that you could buy. Check them out at cnchilies.com. It's C-I-E-N-C-H-I-L-E-S.com. And if you use comics at checkout, you'll save 15% off your entire order. Check them out today. And our other partner is Comic Crusaders. It is the best reviews in comics, comic book movies, music, um, they have it all. Go to ComicCrusaders.com today and check out all the amazing reviews. Also, follow them on YouTube. Amazing interviews with some of the best in the industry. All right, without further ado, my next guest is Mr. Ryan Murphy. Um, he is the owner of Antar Films. Um, right now, you could go to Antar Films on YouTube and check out um, some of the movies that they have put out. Um, Christmas at Wayne Manor is their newest one, which is absolutely cool. You got to check it out. I absolutely loved it. All right. Without further ado, here's Ryan and I. Thanks, everybody. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing show with another amazing guest, Mr. Ryan Murphy, owner of Antar Films and the Creative Well Studios. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Um, man, it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I I, I used to do um, uh, a lot of interviews on, but there's another channel that my friend owns called Real Time, R-E-E-L Time. Uh -huh. And with them, I did, a, I did a lot of interviews with people in Hollywood and stuff like that. And I, I've reached out to many people and very used to that, but I've never been invited to someone else's show to talk. So it's quite an honor. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, just a, a, a little correction there. on the, sure. I don't own Creative Whale. That was uh, oh. someone I hired. On that oh, film, got you. So I just... apologize. So someone that you partnered with for the, the Green yes. Lantern Project, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Right, I apologize. Yeah, no, thank you for that that correction. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I'd like to kind of first just maybe take a step back, Ryan, um, and just talk about your kind of uh, how you got into film, um, where superheroes kind of fall into that. Have you always been kind of a comic book fan? Is it more of the comic movies? Um, there's no wrong answer. It's just whatever Ryan uh, <laughs> finds enjoyable, right? So maybe we could kind of go back. When did this all start for you? Yeah, I mean, I actually, it's kind of funny. I'm out at parents' place and there's a book uh -huh. right here. It's called, uh, I just literally just happened to be here. What a, what a <laughs> thing. It's called The King with Six Friends. My mother read me this book when I was about three years old. Yeah. And I remember being very, very young and saying I wanted to be a writer because of that, um, yeah. because of that book. So it's actually quite, quite serendipitous. It's right there. Um, <clears throat> but I always kind of wanted to tell stories. Uh, writing actually ended up being kind of the hardest thing for me. But I ended up falling in love with movies about eighth grade or so when I saw The Terminator for the first time and uh, and uh, wanted oh, yeah. to go to film school. I went to the university. I'm from Iowa, uh, doing this from the great state of Iowa. Yeah. And uh, I went to the University of Iowa for their film school, graduated in 2010. And uh, some of my friends got good jobs right off the bat. My friend John worked uh, for Conan O'Brien for a while and yeah. uh, now works for SAG from what I understand. And uh, some other, uh, my friend Pat got a job at and farm on Disney Channel and went to work for Nickelodeon. So some of them got good jobs, uh, but I really struggled and I really huh. struggled even finding video work in like Des Moines, Iowa. And um, so after a while, I decided I would, I would go back to school because it was always sort of teaching was always something else I had in mind. So I decided I'd go back, get my teaching degree, just have that for a for a, a job and um, and make, you know, make some money and uh, uh, not to throw teaching under the bus. I, I Trust yeah, me, I enjoy being a teacher. Uh, but uh, but have a real job. That was, you know, yeah. I have to get a real job. And so I got my teaching degree and got my first teaching job. But as soon as I got my first real teaching job, 
uh, or second, I suppose. But as soon as I was firmly securely employed, uh, basically what happened was I got an idea for a movie and uh, I I leveraged my new, you know, salary into getting a loan so I could go to California and make a movie. So nice. <laughs> it all kind of came full circle. So it's been about 13 years since I graduated film school and I just made my first movie and it feels pretty good. So, yeah, congratulations, man. Well, let's let's kind of get um, into that movie. Can you tell us a little bit more about the movie and uh, yes. where people could find yes. it and all that good stuff? Uh, you can find it. All my socials are the same. They're at Antar Films 87 or, or sorry, Antar Films 1987 or at Antar Films 1987 all on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash at Antar Films 1987. Uh, that's where the film is. And what happened is I became a big admirer of Bat in the Sun, who I'm sure you're aware of. I'm sure all your fans, many of your fans are aware of. Um, and Aaron Shanky at Bat in the Sun, what I, what I did was I wanted to kind of maybe see if I could work with them. So what I did was to start becoming a patron. I became a, a, one of their biggest patrons. And, um, one of the perks of that is you get to talk with Aaron at Bat in the Sun, like once a month and you get to talk with him and we just became friends. And eventually when I started making this movie, I stopped being, being able to be, be a patron and we still talk now because now we're just friends and he came out to LA to see me and it was great. Uh, but, um, you know, Aaron, I, I was, I would like, I would like to do what you do, Aaron. I'd like to do what you do, but it's very expensive. And, <laughs> and to make a long story short, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I, I basically heard a song on the radio that I had, that I had downloaded in my time at film school. Cause another student, John, who I mentioned had used it in one of his projects. Um, and I had downloaded it and it was called sister winter by mm-hmm. Sif John Stevens, an artist named Sif John Stevens. And if you listen to that song, it's a very weird Christmas song because it starts off very sad and moody. Oh, yeah. And then it sort of <laughs> changes like a story changes like, yeah. to become this great, you know, great Christmas song. And I was listening to that and I was thinking about making DC comics movies, whatever like that. And I got the idea of it like a DC comics Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all, what would all the characters be doing on Christmas? And like, can you imagine Batman being all grumpy and having people over at Wayne Manor? And then, <laughs> why would he be grumpy at, at Wayne Manor? And I've always also kind of wanted to tell the last Batman story. And that's a longer story mm-hmm. I can get into, but like that, I wanted to tell like the, what would happen when, you know, Batman can't be Batman forever. And um, yeah. so those ideas sort of merged in my head. And I eventually thought, well, what if it's just Batman having people over and he's grumpy because he's just ended his career. And then it just hit me because I realized that's something I could do because not only is that a great story, but that's cheap. There's no costumes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, exactly. There, there's no action. There's, those are the two things that really uh, hike up the, the cost is costumes <laughs> and action. Yeah. And this had neither. And it was a good story. So I, I, I started getting, I mean, I had been put in contact with Kevin Porter, um, the Batman actor for Bat in the Sun. I had been put in touch with him from through Kevin and gotten to know him a little bit, talk with him a couple of times. We actually did a little, project together it's never been released but he did some voice work for me for something but um uh so i got it i started getting these horrible stomach pains i was just like i was just like i was i was just i was so excited i was like this is it I, this is this yeah. is this is gonna be it this is my thing this is gonna be my jam and i was i was messaging kevin like oh my gosh i'm having stomach pains like i have to i have <laughs> to tell someone about this idea i just had and it's and he liked the idea and um like i said writing was always the hardest thing for me I've always known I needed a co-writer to kind of handle dialogue and everything. I mm-hmm. can't write dialogue or anything like that. I can come up with some good ideas, but then I needed, I always needed that partner. You know, a lot of the yeah. great writing people out there are, are partners. They're writing, writing teams. And, and uh, I, I always needed that. What I, I long story, but I said, I needed my Lawrence Kasdan for my George Lucas <laughs> and I found him yeah. so right around this time. I finally, I finally found a guy named Jeremiah Brown 
Uh, he used to be he used to make some fan films. He used to be part of a group called Y.E.E.E. that made some Batman fan films and stuff like that. And uh, I had liked some of his material. So I reached out to him on Facebook, said I have this project. And next thing you know, we're a go. I went to the bank, got a loan and everything just sort of snowballed. And next summer I was in Los Angeles shooting a movie with Kevin Porter. It was It's still I still awesome. have to pinch myself. It really is. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed it. And uh, like you said, you could just go to your YouTube page and it's right there. But man, really well done. And what a great uh, concept to come up with, too. Because, you know, I don't know if uh, Bruce Wayne ever will retire in the comic books just because that's DC's um, number yeah. one book. I, I don't know how much you you pay attention to comic books, but about 50% of all of DC books are Batman or Batman family related. So I'm not sure oh, he's going anywhere anytime soon. But you know, <laughs> if, if see, there's the thumbs up. I don't know where that comes from. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, eventually, right, if, if this is the real world, he would have to retire. And you have to ask, yeah. what would that look like? Right. And so I think you're asking the right questions. And I thought it was pretty awesome, man, the way that you put that all together. And it's not just Thank Batman, you. right? You got the whole Bat family there, which I thought is pretty awesome as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We got we got some of the uh, we got uh, Dick Grayson, uh, yeah. Tim Drake, and Barbara Gordon, Damian Wayne come over to sort of help him get over his uh, you know <laughs> moodiness, and uh, yeah. some more people show up. Stephanie Brown is mentioned, but that doesn't show up. And yeah, there's a, there's yeah, but those those seem even even if we had million dollars, I think those would have been the. Yeah, yeah. Those are the right the ones. core, the core people to, to come over and, and do that with them. So yeah, I really yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I loved loved I loved I loved doing it. I loved every minute of making this movie. So it was a dream come true. That is so awesome. Because there's a prelude to that too that I didn't realize until after I watched that with Dick Grayson that kind of tells the story of uh yeah of, uh yeah go ahead please Batman, yeah. Wait, Batman, no, yeah. Uh, that's just because that, that that someone like you would never have to watch that. To yeah, watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of my friends and family yeah. I and mean, we showed the movie at thanksgiving for my family i was very intentionally making that so that people yeah. didn't come into this like oh okay who's the chick in the wheelchair and who's the <laughs> kid and who's the why why is why this, his name is dick which one's robin there's yeah, more yeah. than one robin what the hell <laughs> <laughs> my aunt was watching my aunt was watching the prelude and when it get on thanksgiving and when it gets to the part where he talks about how he left batman yeah she was like oh Robin left Batman like she that she that happened in 1984 Aunt Betty but yeah, that, yeah. that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so cool man I'm glad that you did that and then you were able to kind of fulfill that because to have that kind of an itch as a creator and not be able to do anything with that I would I don't like I don't know what that feels like but for you I mean that had to have been I don't know like as a creator can you kind of talk to that when you have that kind of desire when you see something that you want to bring to life um, to be able to bring that to fruition has got to be a really good feeling. It's incredible. And, and, but to be honest, I still have a lot of issues. I have a lot of things uh, inside of me that I would like to get out. And in fact, yeah. Jeremiah, my co-writer knows this because as soon as I met him, uh, I started, we started talking about all sorts, all these projects that I have in mind and, and sort of like, Oh, and he's helped me break a couple more stories, but those aren't going into production or anything because <laughs> right now it's just about paying this off. I'm, I'm paying back yeah. a lot of loans and it's, but I, it's, it's all worth it. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, but that's kind of where I am right now, uh, unless I can maybe get a lot of followers the way Bat in the Sun does and then and, and, and yeah. maybe get some con Patreon contributors and stuff like that. Uh, that aside, I'm, I'm basically going to just be paying this off for a while. But I would love to uh, I would love to make other stuff. There's comic books that I would love. To, a lot of it is just based on 
existing material like this. I don't have a lot of original ideas. I know that's what people like to say. Like they don't think of anything original anymore. I'm like, eh, originals is fine, but like all my ideas are like what I where I'd like to take characters I love that are established and what I'd like to do with them. And that's sort of what Antar films is sort of what I would like it to be is mm -hmm. is something that kind of takes makes fan films like Bat in the Sun and takes IPs yeah. and sort of takes them in the direction that I yeah, would like to like see them see going. It. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's awesome. And there is a lot of stories um, that uh, have not been told in the comic books. So there's there's so much room for those type of things. And I think all fans um, would really be interested if they knew about it, because you got to ask those kind of questions. Right. I think, like I said, that, that question of what would Bruce be doing at the end of his career if he retired, what would that look like? Um, I don't know. I mean, th th that story has kind of been told, but not the way that you told it. And I thought it was really good because that first Christmas is going to be a little awkward, especially if Bruce is yeah. walking around moping because his career has ended. Now, what do you do with your life? Because that that one driving force since the death of your parents has been what became Batman. And now it's over. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. That'd be really hard. Yeah. And I think one of the things we tried to get across in the film is the idea that he Tim says to him, like, job well done. You've done your job yeah. because now you have you've made all of us these and we're carrying on your legacy. And so that's you can take a, a step back, but he doesn't want to take a step back because that's yeah. the only. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> life he's known. So he has to sort of yeah. and it's sort of to be honest with you, like it's kind of I I, I, I say this without any self-deprecation. Our movie is basically the same story as The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dark Knight Rises is a lot bigger budget. It's not about Christmas. It has a lot of action. It has Bane beating up Batman. It has, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, the nuclear bomb going off. And our story is about Bruce at home at Christmas. It's kind of the same story. It's about Bruce. He's he's hurt. He's he's at the end of his career as Batman. He doesn't know where he's going to go. And there's certain other similarities. I don't want to spoil the film for anybody, but there's a lot of similarities. Actually, a lot of similarities, uh, which is kind of funny because I know a lot of people don't like The Dark Knight Rises. I'm actually a pretty big fan. Yeah. Uh, but like Aaron great. over at Bat in the Sun, he hates that movie. Like, he calls it garbage. And then like he watched my film. He's like, I really liked it. And I was like, it's the same story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to each their own, right? To each their own. Yeah. So, I mean, can we talk a little bit about this Green Lantern project that you're kind of working mm -hmm. on? Because uh, that's, I think, the next endeavor, correct? Not really. That's kind of that's I did what I kind of intended with that. I'll tell you the truth. I'll, I'll yeah. be the God's honest truth about what that is. Um, my my whole scheme was if I can make this film, this Batman film, that's great. But, you know, it'd be really great is if I could get someone out, someone in comics to watch it. If I could get like Jeff Johns to watch it. Yeah. And you know that <laughs> yeah. just from our personal uh correspondence that i have a thing about jeff johns and yeah and 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 uh and so i thought well i, I talked to aaron because he knows him a little bit and i was like he's like you know I, I can't get jeff to watch a you know he knows him very little bit but he says i, yeah. I couldn't get jeff to watch a half hour film on your behalf yeah. or anything i'm like <laughs> but what if he could watch a one minute film there you go <laughs> and then that would lead him so um I made the the Green Lantern film. Literally, the only reason that exists is to show Jeff Johns. Because if you don't know the story of Green Lantern Rebirth, yeah, that's not going to be enjoyable. Because like, if I had more money, I would have had a little bit of the back. So what it is, if you have, if you're just watching, is it's an adaptation of the final two pages mm. of the comic book Green Lantern Rebirth, which is where Green. It's the moment for me. It's like my favorite moment in comics. I think it's so badass, so cool. Yeah. It's the moment where where Hal Jordan rises up from the grave the ring flies on his finger and he strikes a captain morgan pose and <laughs> and 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 i've always thought that was my the coolest moment in comics so i wanted to bring that to life but because i only had so much money it was like i could only 
do like the last minute. So there's no buildup. You don't get to see establishing shots of who's in the room or what's going on. So if you're just yeah. watching it, he's like, get the hell away from them. Who's them? Why was the ring on Green Arrow's finger? Whatever. Yeah. It's meant to show Jeff Johns. And I got it. It's fun fact. I got Jeff Johns apparently to watch it because I sent him a um, that's awesome <laughs> thing over email to Ghost Machine Pro. And um, yeah. I got a message back from someone saying this is phenomenal. We want to send you some free merch. And I said, great, here's my other film. And now I haven't yeah. heard back again. So we'll see where that goes. But that was the point yeah. of, the, of the short. Yeah. 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 I know he's, uh, you know, just from talking to him, he's quite busy. Again, I don't, I don't know him from anybody. I just huge fan of his and he did come on the podcast, which was awesome. Dream come true. I, I have books everywhere of Jeff Johns and what he's meant to DC comics is I, I don't, I don't even know in the last 20 years, there's not a writer that's more prolific um, in DC comics yeah. than Jeff Johns. Right. So um but anyway huge admirer of his yeah i i just i love green lantern rebirth and i love oh, infinite yeah. crisis and I, yes. I i love so much of what he's done and i think that he has he and i have sort of a similar wavelength of how we see where these stories should go yeah so I, that's yeah. why that's why i have a little bit of an obsession <laughs> with him <laughs> yeah yeah i know he's been like on a tear though with uh, ghost machine and you know he's been revealing mm -hmm. in fact in 2024 a lot more people will be revealed as part of the ghost machine uh other uh amazing creators so we'll, we'll see uh when things kind of slow down they get into a little bit of a groove when all these new uh comic releases hopefully have more time but man it would be awesome uh to uh to see if he could react to someone like yourself that would be incredible man i, I think all fans have that dream and i think everyone would just be cheering for anybody to get that opportunity and he's done so much in film too um which yeah. a lot of people comic book fans don't realize maybe they do but I mean, he's done a lot in film and TV as well as yeah. what he's done with DC. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the uh, the Green Lantern Rebirth. If you, if, I mean, you might get it if you if you know sort of if you maybe read the comic book. But yeah, I really like it because I had my cousin compose a little music for it, and then the end music is done is actually taken from the uh, Green Lantern 2011 Emerald Knights uh, animated film. Yeah. So I think it all mixes together really well. I think it's, it really works. And there's a lot. I have to give credit to Mary Fazzolari, who uh, is a Italian um, animator who uh, animated that for me. And, oh, she did okay. it, and she did a great job. She runs Creative Whale, which is the company yeah. that gets a credit along with Antar Films at the end of the film. So, yeah, that is so cool, man. That is so cool. You know, another one that's worked in film for DC and on Green Lantern is Jeremy Adams, who is now the current writer for Green Lantern. Um, I don't know if you're aware mm. of that, but uh, he's he worked for um, um, WB before um, coming over to the comic side as a writer. And he worked on several different projects, but Green Lantern was one of them. So that yeah. I think it was two seasons of the animated season uh, series. The last one, is, yeah. Jeremy Adams worked on that one, which is pretty cool, too. Another yeah. good guy you should reach out to. And he's awesome. I, Great I'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah, great guy too. <laughs> Just out neat, for it. Yeah. neat guy. Yeah, you should follow him, Jeremy Adam. I think he goes by Space Kicker on uh, Instagram okay. X. Yeah, another great yeah. guy you should reach out to. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. So what's next, Ryan? I mean, you got the the Batman. Isn't there like a part two? I thought I read somewhere of uh, something with uh, Wayne Manor or no? Maybe I was. Uh, um, thinking we too much. we've kicked. We, we kicked around an idea for a sequel, but it would be like a high budget sequel. And it actually go back to being a little bit in action, which is interesting because Batman's now basically crippled. Uh, yeah. But we have some stuff in mind for like that. But 
you know, that's, that's a lot. Like I said, like right now we're focusing on, I'm focusing on paying back the loans and yeah, only yeah. if I managed to get a lot of support, but that the, uh, the one thing I did post on Instagram though, was Christmas in Metropolis. I said, I just, ah. I just put a question mark, I said, Christmas <laughs> in Metropolis question mark. There you go. And that was, that was, and I, I would love to just make a billion Christmas specials of, <laughs> you know, these characters all celebrating this Christmas at the same time, you know, yeah. where's Superman. And, and if we can tell funny little, they don't have to all be as compelling as I, as I tried to make Christmas at Wayne Manor, they could be funny little yeah. stories, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christmas nerd. So, you know, I, I think that that would be really, really great. And uh, yeah, but like, I hate to just say like, I'm just, well, I'm door dashing and stuff to pay for this. But like, if I obviously, um, just to, uh, I mean, spit all some ideas out there. If I were to have the money, uh, Antar Films is uh, um, the film, the the film, the the name Antar Films and the logo that you see and the font and the spelling is all taken from a t television series that I was a great fan of back back in the day uh, called Roswell mm. uh, about the Roswell aliens. And in fact, they made a remake show. I've never seen it, but they made a remake show recently called Roswell, New Mexico, Roswell, common New Mexico. They added the common New Mexico, but it's based on a show called Roswell, which is in turn based on some books, but never read the books either. But I love the show. It's my favorite uh, fictional thing that's ever been produced. It's an amazing show. And I took the, the logo and the title Antar Films from that. And um, but they ended on kind of a cliffhanger. And there were some books that kind of tried to wrap it up. but didn't do a very good job of it. And I would always one of my goals that I've talked with Jeremiah about is writing a novel and that would be like an official thing like i would want that to be published and it didn't have doesn't have to be a new york times bestseller but just get something out there like special order and i would only have to, you know just be me and jeremiah writing it we wouldn't ask for you know a mountain of payment we can make a 100 bucks off of it special edition but the the big the big obstacle in the way of that is getting in touch with jason kadams the creator of the show or someone who has the rights and and because i would want that to be official i wouldn't want that to yeah. be fan fiction i would want that, that to see this is the official conclusion of the roswell saga so that's one like i said a lot of it is just fan ideas nothing mm -hmm. original i'm not an original person uh <laughs> one idea that jeremiah and i've been kicking around a lot is called disney versus zombies uh it would be a, a comic book featuring like all the disney characters in fact i think that's I changed my Facebook and my, I used to have it on my Instagram, but it was but like, there's a picture I have that someone uh -huh. did that I commissioned of Aladdin riding Simba with a, <laughs> with a scimitar in hand uh, into a horde of zombies and, you know, cutting them up. And it's, there's some great ideas. There's some really fun ideas there. I'd love to do more DC specials like the Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, so it all depends on, you know, if I can, if I can get in touch with fans, if I can get it, you know, if you, if you've seen this, maybe like the page uh, yeah. eventually, maybe I can get it ground starter or a kickstarter yeah. a couple kickstarters uh maybe if jeff gets in touch with me he'll be like hey you know i'd love to get, bring you more attention who knows like that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's the goal yeah yeah, yeah. I, that was my next question was going to be is crowdfunding and have you attempted um to uh crowdfund for another film that way you're not in a situation where you know, you're taking all the debt yourself, but the fans are kind of help fund um, some of these projects since you have the skill set and the fans want to see those type of films, you know? Well, I have, and I'm very grateful. I, I have tried in the past. No one's, no one's really given me any money. Uh, but uh, the, the problem, the problem is like, you know, I just, it's, yeah. you have to get a following to do that. And even sure. Christmas at Wayne Manor, I've gotten some very nice compliments on it and you liked it. And I appreciate that. And uh, we have 2,600 views on YouTube, but that's only resulted in like 50 followers on my YouTube page. Um, you know, so 
you just have to have a following to do these things. If I started to kick, I mean, I, I, I would like to get more followers and not, not just for the sake of having followers, but because that would yeah. allow me to make more things. And uh, sure. so I'd love to do that someday. I'm working on that. Um, uh, so it's just a matter of getting it out. Like this will help. I'm sure, you know, people on your channel who watch you can come over and, and watch me yeah, and, 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 and get that ball rolling. But yeah, I would love to do crowdfunding. Cause if I, like, again, it, the only obstacle in my way towards making more stuff right now is the financial aspect. This movie was worth every penny. Mm -hmm. I love it, but it's, it's cleaned me out and I'm just trying to try, try to claw, claw my way back into, you know, sure. surviving right now. Um, uh, so yeah, crowdfunding I'd love to do. And if I did, I, there was, there's no end to the amount of projects, Disney versus zombies, Christmas in Metropolis, <laughs> You, you name it. I got a lot more. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if you read, but I think uh, tomorrow, at least the steamboat, um, a Mickey Mouse will be yes. wide open for anybody a, yeah, to use. And you don't have to do a fan version of it. You could actually uh, make some money off of that. So maybe kick some ideas. I don't know what Christmas uh, type of event you could do around Mickey Mouse, but maybe Mickey uh, gets attacked by zombies at Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> There you go. There, it's, there, there you go. <laughs> it's all yours, Ryan. It's all yours. It's man. all mine. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Man, Ryan, that's so cool, man. I'm so glad that I was able to uh, meet you, though, and uh, to watch the movie. Truly, it is um, a really cool movie. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. How many minutes is it? It's about 33 minutes long. It's about a half hour. So it's that's a good, pretty, nice, yeah. short and sweet. Yeah. Sure, sweet, but that's, I mean, for uh, doing this all on your own with your own money, that's a pretty long film, I think. I mean, I've seen other YouTubers yeah. that um, you know are huge fans, whether it's Star Wars or something, and they've made some pretty awesome films too. But, you know, they're all like five, six-minute kind of short clips, right? Because of the cost, it's, it's very mm -hmm. expensive, um, especially if you start to throw in, you know, special effects, especially on the, like, mm -hmm. if you watch some of the Star Wars stuff, just one quick yes. fight with lightsabers probably wipes out all your funding mm -hmm. just because of, you know, all the, the digital, um, you know, stuff that you have to do um, in order to make that work. So yeah, 33 yeah. minutes is pretty impressive. I think. It like, you know, it costs, I'll, I'll let you know, it costs $40,000. Uh, wow. I got a message. I got a message from somebody. Kevin was like, you know, this is ambitious. This is about as long as anything I've ever done as Batman. And um, you know, but uh, um. I had some guy messaging me like, oh, how did you lock down Kevin Porter? I really want to make a Batman fan film. And I'm like, what's your idea? And he's like, oh, it's Batman fights the Joker and there's Commissioner Gordon and blah, blah. And I'm just like, OK, first of all, I just want to let you know. Yeah. My movie cost forty thousand dollars and it had no costumes and yeah. no fights. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like I think good Aaron luck, spent a hundred. Yeah, I, I had good luck. That was my uh <laughs> but Aaron spent about a hundred thousand dollars on his film Dying is Easy, which if you haven't seen, go wow. watch on that yeah. the Sun's YouTube page. It has millions of views already, uh, because it's phenomenal. But uh it the production values on that, I, I just recently watched the first few minutes again and I was like, what the hell did I do wrong that my film cost almost half as much as this? Because this is some really impressive stuff you know uh, yeah. uh and mine's just like people sitting in a mansion talking so you know but it's that i think that that's the main goal i mean the the main thing is if it is getting everyone in front of the camera and getting a cinematographer and getting you know lights and getting a location and getting catering and getting all that stuff that's that's most of your budget and so for you know to to add maybe some extra visual effects maybe isn't it costs still costs twice as much but it's yeah uh, i think the lion's share of everything is really the just getting getting there getting people in front of the camera is 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 difficult you know so yeah. you can always just make a film at home by yourself 
with your friends for free. No one's stopping you from doing that. I think the Coen brothers have said, if you want, there's no such thing as an aspiring filmmaker. If you want to make films, make films. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's hard to do it and make it look really good. And I think we at least, even though it's just people sitting in a mansion talking, we made it look pretty good. So. Oh, it looked amazing. Yeah, I know. It's definitely high uh, production, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I mean, congratulations. But, man, I didn't realize, you know, how expensive some of these things get. I mean, you see some of these films and, and uh, you know, with Disney and, and WB and, you know, they, they're – I can't remember the Marvels um, that just uh, – you know, mm -hmm. I think it would cost $240 million to produce, then another $100 yeah. million in marketing. And then they have to do, I think, $700 million just to break even because for every ticket that they sell at a theater, 50% goes to uh, uh, theater, you know, yeah. you know, to, to the mm -hmm. theater or the company and the other 50 goes to the actual Disney. So, you know, when you start to do the math, boy, these things really crazy, up, right? Yeah. And they like that's the you're, you're hitting on kind of here we are New Year's Eve recording this. That's um, kind of the hot button issue in terms of entertainment of 2023 is all these films that have kind of bombed this year and they're all highly expensive. And a lot of them wouldn't have bombed if they had just been like they make quite a bit of money, but they just cost so damn much. And so that's kind of the hot button issue is that people are talking about can Hollywood afford any longer to spend as much money as they're spending $200 million, $300 million on these films. And I think, you know, one of the big success stories of 2023 is this film Godzilla minus yeah. one, yeah. which is getting amazing reviews. I haven't had the privilege of saying it yet, but it's getting amazing reviews. People talking about how it's a triumph. It's going to be nominated for like the Oscar for best foreign language film, which is remarkable for a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Uh, but it costs less than $15 million to make. That's crazy. Like it's, it's like, yeah. And Jackie Chan has said something about like, you Americans don't know how to make a movie. You spend so much money. Like in Asia, we just like, it's much more efficient. So yeah. I think you'll start to see a shift change, at, at least in terms of how much money Hollywood spends. Uh, for me, I was certainly trying to spend as little as possible. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like the production designer, like we didn't, we didn't know, I didn't think we needed a production designer and she came out, she came in, my producer insisted that we get a production designer for one day yeah. and he's like, it'll cost you this much money. And I'm like, okay. And then at the end of the first day, he's like, I think we need her for a second day. And I'm like, you sure? Like, I love her. Like, she's great. She saved the production. Don't get me wrong, but I just didn't want to spend the money. And she's he's like, you need her. Yeah. And so I got her for a second day and I said, and at the end of the second day, he goes, I think we need her for a third day. I'm like fine and we did she she ended up saving the production more money than i i spent but i was trying to spend as little as much possible but yeah. it went way over budget i think my initial budget was thirty thousand dollars it went over forty thousand um but yeah i wasn't i'm not really obviously i can't make any money off of this this is done yeah. for the portfolio this is done sure. for the uh for the you know the, the love of filmmaking um so but i'm not worried about a profit but if you are worried about a profit you know definitely want to spend as little money as you can yeah. <laughs> So is the idea with something like this is is to be able to utilize that to shop around to larger studios to where maybe you could get some work um, doing what you yeah. uh, have a passion for? Is that it really is kind of a portfolio piece? The new thing kind of in comic books is you have a lot of people that want to get into film. Um, so mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're taking their idea for their film. They're creating their own comic book and then shopping around that comic book um, in Hollywood mm. as kind of their portfolio. Like, here's my story. And it's more simplified. It allows a director to kind of go through it a lot faster as opposed to dropping down 100 pages of, you know, some written work on your idea. Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but is that kind of the idea is that you could just send this over and say, here's my work and 
Yeah, and that's that's really what I like. I said I really what I've been trying to do with with Jeff Johns is kind of yeah. get get. I would love to maybe have some of my ideas be thrown into comics and like you know maybe sure. Jeff or maybe uh, Jeremy Adams or or someone you know, that I get in touch with uh, sees this again. That was sort of the point of making the Green Lantern film was to sort of make something a little bit more palatable and throw it as bait. Um, it's always been the goal with this film is to get it. It doesn't have to be filmmaking. It could be comic books. It could be, you know, just some avenue that allows me to tell more stories. Yeah. I think that's always the goal when you make a, there's two goals whenever you make a, a film or a story. One is to tell the story. And mm -hmm. second is to have the opportunity, have it open opportunities to tell more stories afterwards. Yeah. That's always every actor, you know, that or a director makes a movie. Maybe he does not even crazy about that movie, but he thinks it'll, you know, make a lot of money and give them the opportunity to make more movies. And so there's, those are always the two goals in any film is to tell, tell the story and create the opportunity to tell more stories. And so that was the goal with this film and, and we'll see where it goes. I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate you, you know, having me on because that's just helping me reach more people and, and sure. reach that goal. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know when you talked about, you know, some of the surprises from a financial aspect of putting mm -hmm. this on you're like okay i thought i kind of had a plan for how much i would spend and then all of a sudden it's you know another 25 27 more than what i was expecting to pay are there any mm -hmm. other surprises going through your first process um of putting your film that you were kind of surprised about or or did you pretty much know everything that you were going to get into putting this film together I didn't really know anything about what I was doing. The first day on set, I was a nervous wreck. And I'm like, they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, direct, I was kind of surprised at how much everything is. It kind of flowed smoothly. You hear all these horror stories, like, yeah. you know, because I'm kind of a Hollywood historic, historic person and learn about, you know, Spielberg on Jaws or Coppola on Apocalypse Now and all these, you know, horror stories. And I'm always afraid, you know, I tried to make it like a no budget film a few years ago back in Des Moines uh, with volunteer actors. And it just fell completely apart. It was a disaster because no one was getting paid this. And, and it was, you know, everyone was just on their own time and there were no expectations. And so I, and then I started to feel like I was imposing on people because I had asked them to come film. And then it looked, looked like crap because I was shooting it myself. And, I, you know, I didn't have a professional cinematographer and you know, so with this, I mean, that that's sort of my horror story. So I got yeah. that out of the way. And <laughs> this I was really surprised at how smoothly everything went. I mean, I wish I was on set and that Mike, the cinematographer, did his job very beautifully. And the production designer was doing hers. And I, I, I think I got in trouble with Mike a little bit. Mike kind of told me off a little bit for kind of dicking around a little bit because I was just kind of it wasn't a lot for me to do at some points. And I was just kind of talking with the actors. But. It, it everything kind of went smoothly and I was able to just sort of like when 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 Mike was finished setting up I'd yell action and the production designer's done her job and the cinematographer's done his job and everyone's done their job and it's very easy for me to just say action and then give some direction to the actors and actors took direction very well and I, I think I was I don't want to call filmmaking easy I don't want to do that or yeah. lure anyone into that because it, it can be very challenging but this was a very smooth production I was really thrilled with that and we got it done in three days and it was a, it was a hell of a time. So uh, and I and and I know from film school that making movies together is a very bonding experience. Mm. Um, you making making art together is is a wonderful thing to do with someone. So I felt like a real kinship with a lot of these people and formed some friendships with them. So that was another thing I took away from the film. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that uh, if given another opportunity, you'd like to use kind of the same team to do whatever project would come next, if possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely certain people involved that I, you know, I'm already like uh, would love to to bring on and yeah, yeah. And, and do stuff with like, you know, um, yeah. And I mean, most of them, I, 
maybe one or two that I actually had a little bit of an issue, but we won't get into that. I'm not going to throw shade at people, but no, yeah, yeah. Uh, most, most, mostly everyone uh, was amazing. Uh, and um, yeah, it was, it was great. Like Emily, the uh, production designer, I mentioned, I just, I, uh, do we need her for another day? Do we need her for another day? It was just a cost factor. We had nothing to do with her, but she, we did, we needed her. Yeah. And the one thing I will say against Emily, and this is okay. Cause it's all in good fun, but she yeah. brought the wheel. I had a wheelchair for Barbara. Uh-huh. That was I had I was gonna go pick it up. It's been paid for and everything. And I'm talking to Emily on the phone, and she goes, "Oh, I have a wheelchair. You don't need to bother picking it up." I was like, "Well, I've already paid for it, but I suppose there's no need. There's no need. Just yeah. bring your wheelchair." She brings this wheelchair, and it's a piece of crap. It's an <laughs> it's it's falling. All the wheels are falling apart. They're just like rough, and they're just like so. It's kind of bumping and like and then it's, it's, it's shedding. It's shedding rubber everywhere oh, it goes. So between every take, when Barbara rolls up to Bruce, and then we do the take. There would be a production assistant that would be sweeping up the the <laughs> stuff between takes. So yeah. that's the only thing Emily did wrong was bring that yeah. wheelchair. But other than that, she's amazing. Emily Palmer, wonderful production designer. Get her yeah. if you can. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome, man. That's great, man. Man, Ryan, that's so, so cool, man. Well, anything else that we're leaving out that you have coming up, Ryan? Uh, you know, I I I hate to say that just to reiterate that it's just about door dashing for me now, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, absolutely. If, if I get the follow, I'd love to, you know, follow me on faith, follow Antar films on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be, you know, there's some stuff that uh, I want to just talk about, talk to people about, um, you know, and uh, who knows, like I said, some of those projects, if I can get some funding, maybe we'll do a little bit of Disney versus zombies or a little bit go. of uh, Christmas in Metropolis. We There's a, um, some Terminator stuff. I'd love to do Terminator. Like I said, is the film that, uh, made me kind of want to be going to filmmaking. So that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And uh, there's some Terminator comic book stuff that I'd love to get done someday um, uh, about that. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think because we covered Terminator and Disney and oh, Star Wars. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of the ideas we had early on was to do like an animated special, um, which we have Mary in our camp now. And we, you know, we uh uh, there's some great, uh, there's some other great animators out there too who could take part. But uh, I always kind of wanted to do the second Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and have it, yeah. And I'm not a fan of the. Um, I don't want to divide people here, and it's all we're all we're all friends here. But uh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I am a fan of the Legends continuity. In yeah. my mind, Han and Leia had three kids. Their names are yeah. Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, and Luke had Luke and Mara Jade had Ben Skywalker. So those that's my canon. And so I'd love to do something with that, like tell the story of those guys. Yeah. Like a ho- again, it's a holiday special. It's like just Christmas. Like it's just yeah. the same thing. So. <laughs> There's, there's all sorts of stuff. I, I'm just, but yeah, I'm just uh, waiting for people to, you know, notice. Yeah, that is so cool, man. Well, Ryan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome on the show anytime. Um, so please, please just reach out if you ever want to come back on. We'll definitely blast this out everywhere. Um, everyone go to YouTube, go to Antar Films uh, uh, 87, right? Or 1987? Antar, a- a- Antar Films 1987. And of course, at YouTube, you have to put in the at after youtube.com slash and then at and then Antar Films 1987. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's make all sure the socials, you, Twitter and everything. Yeah. Make sure you check out Christmas at Wayne Manor. I, I loved it. 33 minute film. I think it is very well done. Um, and man, hopefully you get some more eyes on it. It deserves to have more eyes. Oh, I did forget. Oh, how yeah, did I forget please. this? Um, I'm I'm gonna show up on Instagram here pretty soon and announce that my intention, personally, is to start at the beginning in 1935 with the first issue of uh with New Fun Comics number six, the first appearance of Doctor Occult. 
Okay. And from there, read all the DC comics. Nice. Wow. <laughs> so that might take me 10 years. It might take me 20 years, but I'm hoping to sort of have an audience for it to share it with, share my journey with and be like, this is where I am. I oh, finished the thirties. Cool. I finished 1941, yeah. you know, and sort of go on that. And that'll inform sort of what I do in terms of making adaptations of that going on. So that's the other thing, but yeah, absolutely. Antarctica I love was 1987. It. Yeah. No, I'll definitely be in for that for sure. I just went back and I've gone on this plastic man kind of uh run um from the 1940s and it's just a lot of fun i have the app you know the dc app so you could go back and read all the old comic books and man i'm actually loving it um a lot of corniness which i i really like the simplicity and uh i don't know it's just really cool to kind of go back into time and then there, you know plastic man there hasn't been a lot written over the years when you put it together it's a good size omnibus but it's really nice to kind of go through and see the the development and the uh, the growth of that character through all the different writers. So um, I think what you're doing would be even more fun. Take a long time, but uh, I'll definitely be there for the ride. Cool. Thank you. Awesome, Ryan. Well, appreciate you stopping by. Everybody get over there. Make sure you follow Ryan on all of his social and YouTube. And uh, we'll make sure you put all the links um, below. That way it make it easy for you. Um, but Ryan, have a, a great and uh, safe New Year's. And I hope we could talk again soon. Thank you very much, Ryan. Appreciate it. You bet, Ryan. Have a good one.